Ho, 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 boys and girls, and welcome to episode 82 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's jolly episode, we'll be discussing Black Christmas from 1974. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Hey, Billy, Billy, don't, Kyle, don't, don't, don't tell Adam what we're about to do. Don't, don't tell Kyle what we're, what we're doing in this one. <laughs> I don't know what that is, yeah. but uh, welcome everyone to the movie City hey, Maniacs. Hey, what are you, what are you saying? Talking about over there. Kyle, 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 don't, don't tell anybody what we're about to do. Welcome everyone to the movie City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. I guess I'm Adam. And uh, we are covering our big uh, end of the year Christmas episode. Uh, going to be the first time we've actually done a two-parter. Uh, we're going to first cover a horror movie with uh, tonight's episode with Black Christmas from well, 1974. We are, we're doing a uh, Bob Clark uh, Yeah, a Bob Clark double feature, really, because yeah. then, then we're going to follow it up with a Christmas Porkies. story. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to do Porky's, but these guys are not uh, not into it. Is there? I was trying to think, admit, there's no Christmas scene in Porky's, I don't think so. Um, you know, Christmas hat on the, the willy or anything. <laughs> I would watch a Christmas Porky's. I'm not going to lie. If there was like a uh, Porky Saves Christmas. They did fucking four of them. You think they <laughs> yeah. couldn't have yeah. made one of them a Christmas movie. But uh, yes, this is our Bob Clark double feature. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the director. I know, I think you are as well. Oh, yeah. And Adam is kind of discovering him. I know he's, he didn't love Porky's, but he's kind of. Yeah, which I'd seen before. But You enjoyed Death Dreams, so you're kind of. I loved Death Dream, mm-hmm. Dead of Night. Uh, so you're one for one. Uh, we'll see how you feel about this film and Christmas Story next week. These are first-time watches for you? or uh, I've seen Christmas Story a million times. Oh, you have seen a Christmas Story. Okay. Um, but not in a while. Like, not like as a kid I watched it a million times, but okay. I probably haven't seen it in 15 years, maybe. Okay. So is it your first foray into it as an adult kind of deal? Yeah, I think I watched it when I was in university the last time. Mm-hmm. That was so... I think, I think it's one of those films... Yeah, we can talk about it on that episode, but yeah. it is one of those films that... Uh, I feel like it works with each generation. Like as a kid, it's awesome, and you watch it from where you're relating to Ralphie, and as you get to the adult, you've become the parents and you relate to them. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're not here to talk about Christmas story. We're here to talk about Black Christmas. Um, before we get into all that, though, uh, do you guys want to do what we've been watching? I don't know, but you guys, I'm totally in the holiday spirit. I'm rocking my Are Christmas uh, Krampus yeah. sweater. I got eggnog in my coffee here, and I've been watching nothing but Christmas movies and TV shows the past week or so. What about you guys? I, I feel like a bit of a like a Scrooge. I haven't watched any like Christmas things other than the uh, movie you were about to talk about. Oh wow! What about yeah. you? Uh, I watched a bunch of stuff actually. Like yeah. Christmas numbers. Yeah. Oh, oh good it's for crazy. You. you were a bit of a Halloween Grinch too, weren't you? Yeah. I just feel this year has taken everything away from me. <laughs> you just need to take like a week vacation. Yeah, I think and so. 
watch nothing but National Lampoon's <laughs> 24 hours a day. Or Christmas Story is what they play. I'll, I'll pretend I am TBS. TBS yeah, and, uh, watch. 24 hours. What do they do? Is it 24 hours of just Christmas Story? Or do they yeah. do it for like a week or something? I think no, it's, it's on one day. day. One day, okay. Yeah, they do two. It's a Christmas Story and something else, I think. Is it a John Wayne movie or Shawshank Redemption? They do Shawshank, yeah, yeah. for sure. Is, is TBS still around? Is that I think it's Peachtree. Okay. I'm, I'm so out of the loop when it comes to cable, <laughs> cable. TV. But um, what have you guys been watching? So I watched um, from 1943, The Miracle of Morgan's Creek. Okay. It's a Preston Sturgis uh, movie. Uh, Preston Sturgis is, is becoming, I think, maybe one of my favorite directors of all time. And it's incredible the amount of movies he made in a short period of time. He basically only makes movies in the 1940s. Oh, wow. And, and then kind of, he, he was this, basically the first writer-director, the guy that wrote his scripts and directed, and he had trouble with alcohol and, and a, a variety of other things, and I think he was just a pain to work with with the studio, so that eventually they just didn't want to deal with they him anymore. They just blackballed him? Called him a communist and sent him out? <laughs> I, I don't know if he got into that uh, on that list, but um, it's too bad. And, and then he dies in the, in the 50s, but he, he really didn't do anything after 1948, and most everything is done from 1940 to 1944. How many movies did he do? So he, he probably only directed, uh, I don't know, 12 movies? Okay. But like in an eight-year span, it's kind of insane, right? <laughs> yeah, and a couple of the ones he made later, I would almost discredit. Um, so he made Sullivan's Travels and The Lady Eve in the same year, both which would be Pantheon movies. Yeah, me. you've uh, you've you've kind of sold me on Sullivan's Travels, but I still haven't picked it up from Criterion. Um, and then he, there's Palm Beach Story, on 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 Faithfully Yours. Uh, and Hail the Conquering Hero. These are the ones I've seen so far. I'm going to try to get to a few more that I've now, just picked up. Now, he directed a Christmas movie. Christmas in July. Yeah. And The Miracle of Morgan's Creek is also... Oh, it's a Christmas movie. It, there's a section that's at Christmas that it happens. I, I've been trying to pick out because Christmas in July just came out on Blu-ray. And I, it looks like something that, it, like I read about it, sounded fun. But it's just kind of been sold out everywhere because it's on sale, the Kino sale. I, so. I picked it up. Ah, So I should have it maybe next week. I'm awesome. Hoping. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, you'll have to let me know if it's worth uh, a grab then. But the five, though, that I had seen before a Miracle on Morgan's Creek, the lowest score I would have given any of these would have been probably... A nine. Oh wow, Jesus! Like, well, what's the highest score? I I would say that, that both Sullivan's Travels and Lady Eve for me are nine point five. So. Oh, crazy! So, are they movie noir or what are we talking no, about? They're, they're just they're fun movies? comedies. Oh, crazy! They're sl- screwball comedies with insanely quick dialogue. Okay, and plots that move crazy fast. And he's not too afraid of, of pushing buttons. And, and the miracle of Morgan's Creek, it's basically a story about this girl who's been almost this guy is almost stalking this woman to get her to like him and it it doesn't work and then she goes off to this army party before all the army cadets go to world war ii or go over to france and that night she hits her head forgets everything realizes she's married and she's pregnant Oh. <laughs> so this is in 1943. This is the plot. So she tries to get the other guy just to marry her so if she she isn't stuck with this baby and then maybe she can figure out how to get divorced and then, and, and then marry him so it's not this big scandal. 
it moves at a rapid pace. It is hilarious. All the side characters are great in all the Sturgis movies. They're just witty dialogue after witty dialogue. And he, he wrote and directed most of them, it looks like, and produced even. Uh, everything, basically. Okay. Um, he was a writer first and then started directing. And he's got a, like a visual style. It's not just a director. If you're a fan of the Coen brothers, you'll definitely hear his sort of dialogue patterns in their work as well. Okay. I think he's a big influence on them. It almost sometimes moves so quickly, you're like, if you don't pay attention for a few minutes, you, you're can, lost. you can be completely lost. That's weird for a comedy, right? Like, yeah, that's The awesome. plots are just moving so fast, and they're jokes all the time. Oh, Non-stop awesome. jokes. Are they, like, are you belly laughing Oh, jokes? they're good, yeah. yeah. Like, it, his stuff still holds up. Oh, that's awesome. So how, how did you say this is Christmas related? So or? this is Christmas related where one section of the, story, t- the okay. story takes place at Christmas. Not as much as I was led yeah. to, uh, <laughs> that, it, that it was around Christmas, but it still is Christmas related. Like the, I just looked. I actually did order Christmas in July, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know if I'll get it before Christmas. Yeah, I don't know but. if I will. I want to watch that. I also got The Great McGinty, which is another one. And after that, it's supposed to kind of get a little bit. Um, I see. But I'm going to give... Uh, the Miracle Morgan's Creek is probably my lowest ranked Sturgis so far. I feel like just sometimes so much is going on that he can't quite keep all the balls in the air. But I still f- really, really fucking loved it. I'm going to give it 8.5. Wow. Holy shit. Like, this guy is... Every time I, I'm watching these movies, I'm thinking, oh, well, this is supposed to be... It's not top tier. But then, yeah. then you realize, like, a lot of his movies were huge hits, but then because they were huge hits kind of went out of circulation because there's no one like saying, oh, we got to put it back in the art house cinemas in the 60s. Well, he's dead. He, like, it just no didn't one, happen. He didn't have an advocate in the 60s kind of deal? So it, it's taken a while for some of these other movies. Like Hail the Conquering Hero blew my fucking mind how good it was. And it's insanely difficult to get um, crazy. to watch. So Yeah, apparently he did one called Remember the Night that's also a Christmas, possibly Christmas movie or something, so. Or he did the screenplay at least for it. Yeah, he wrote a lot, of, a lot in the '30s as well, and they're supposed to be. I, ha, I haven't seen much there, but anyways, I would highly recommend his work. He's kind of gone. He'd be in my top ten directors of all time. It's weird because I haven't even heard about this guy up until tonight. To be honest with you, yeah, which is weird. Yeah, I, I'd like the big two are the Lady Eve and Sullivan's Travels, which mm. I've seen multiple times both, but. It was very difficult to actually see anything else for a while. Yeah. Palm Beach Story was the other one that was kind of easier to get your hands on. Awesome. Cool. Um, I'm going to go the opposite route and go with uh, old women sitcoms Christmas episodes. Golden Girls? So, yeah, I started with the Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I've not watched a show in probably like since, you know, I was a child and I lived in my mom and grandma used to watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I found it quite funny like is it bad that i kind of like i was thinking you like, relate to blanche well i was just thinking like i kind of want to get would possibly start like check out this whole show like the complete series from the beginning like mm. I, I had a, a lot of fun with it so just before shocktober tammy and i actually saw it come up on, on what prime I, on prime and yeah. we were like let's watch one of these yeah i had the same sort of yeah like kind of it's epiphany. good yeah it, it's kind of one of those shows where like it, the comedy works and like each character has their own it's like an ensemble, but everyone actually gets like fair time to, to do stuff and have their own mm. stories and be funny, which is is rare for a lot of these shows. But yeah, like I, I found it funny. Like B. Arthur's kind of like the the stern, but then she always has like a, a witty 
kind of crude remark to insult them. You got the old lady who's just hilarious. You got the uh, the woman that's kind of the you know yeah sleeping with all the everyone, and then you got uh, the. Is that Blanche? Is she the uh, the Southern yeah. Belle? And then you have Betty White, who's kind of the dumb one. Rose. She's, she's probably my least favorite, which is weird because she's probably the biggest, at least now. Mm. Well, she's, she's the only still one alive. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the case. <laughs> but I mean, she's been she's had this resurgence in like the past ten years or something. It seems like. Yeah, I think I think everybody loves Betty White. Mind mm. you, I always have that problem with those du- the dumb characters that are like too too dumb. Anyways, I watched season two. Twas the night before Christmas. This is the one where they're all planning to go home to their families, but they're at a grief counseling center, and Santa Claus there holds them up because he just wants to have spread a spread joy. <laughs> he just wants to have a family at Christmas. He's never had like a proper. I Christmas. vaguely remember this. It was okay. It was fun. Like I'm going to give it seven out of ten. Um, not, nothing mind blowing, but again, like I enjoyed it. I laughed. Are you gonna watch it. uh, Golden Girls? Possibly. Again, like I have so many shows I want to watch. Mm. Like I'm going, I'm going through Cheers right now. But you know, if I can pick up the complete series cheap for sure, I'll, I'll keep an mm. eye on you know the their gold deals, Amazon's gold deals. And then I watched the season five. Have yourself a very little Christmas. Uh, this is the one where they volunteer at a homeless shelter, and I guess Stan, who's B. Arthur's ex husband. I guess he's been thrown out by his wife on the streets and he's all like, I feel bad for me, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, you're in a homeless center. Look at all these people. Like, this is the highlight of their year that they're getting a free meal and the one toy and stuff. So you don't have it that bad. I'm going to give that one six out of 10. But again, still, still enjoyable. Like, still fun, eh? I don't think these were like the best episodes um christmas episodes let's be honest unlike halloween they're not always the best episodes of a series and they're too uh, uh, sentimental uh, yeah, and character driven you know what i'm saying like they actually like i love you blanche i love you yeah uh, they kind of a lot of them follow the same formula yeah. but and then i followed it up with i'm gonna race through these mrs brown's boys <laughs> you guys know? uh, yeah it's like that english uh show yeah like, it's a british it's a guy pretty yeah. much in an old woman yeah, this Suga. is one I never could get down with. Did you ever watch? Have you watched? Yeah, it? Oh, okay. I watched it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's fairly new. This is like in the past couple years. Uh, it's about ten years old. Or yeah, like that. I, I feel like maybe even longer than that. I feel yeah. like I was like a teenager. No, like season one was like twenty eleven. I, I feel there are always like men in dragon Britain comedy. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> maybe I'm thinking, yeah, of, I think, uh, I think I'm thinking of something uh, different. Dave Edna or something like that. <laughs> this one is about yeah. This maybe, show's about nine years old, nine ten years old. Maybe that this is the one I'm thinking. And it about. only lasted three seasons, but every year, like he still puts out every year, there's two Christmas episodes because Christmas episodes are a huge thing in Britain. Most like shows end yeah. on. And yeah, like uh, Becky and her mom was watching it, and I was like, oh, this is like I'm totally. Is this going to be like? Um, a Medea. Yeah, I'm uh. like, oh, is this going to be like a Medea thing? Because I think yeah. her mom loves those movies, too. you were too. scared it was going to be a Medea? <laughs> and well, I was kind of worried that this is going to be bad, like a Martin and, you yeah. know, a big fat suit kind of terrible thing. I don't know. I really find this show hilarious. It's just this old woman swearing a lot. And, like, I love because if they make a mistake, they just keep on going with it. And they'll kind of, like, rip on each other as they're doing the, the episode. Mm-hmm. So this is not what, what am I thinking of? You could be thinking of a thousand things that came out. Yeah, of I think there was that. a bunch of things back then, but I don't know. Again, I'm not going to say this uh, is for Vic, everyone. Vicar of Dippley? <laughs> was that one? I don't know. Uh, that's another one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say this is for everyone. I'm not going to say go watch this, but maybe throw on an episode or two and see. And if you if you laugh or you won't, it um, is interesting how British shows end on the like, Christmas. Sh- 
episode yeah. a lot of time. That's their that's it's the a final big, one. Because they're huge on Christmas in, in Britain. Huge. Um, anyway, so I watched a bunch of them. I watched Mammy's Ass from 2011. <laughs> it's called Mammy's Ass? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Agnes. That's the old woman or, or yeah. the dude playing. Um, she's just hoping her son will return home for Christmas. And she also is competing with, um, I guess, her son... Son and her, his wife is going to head to her mother's for Christmas, so she's yeah. competing that wants to get them there. Anyways, I, I had a lot of laughs, 7 out of 10. Mammy's Christmas, um, this is the one where she's annoyed that the nativity play is canceled, so she's going to create her own. Another 7 out of 10. Uh, the Virgin Mammy, this is where they actually do the nativity, uh, 6.5 out of 10. And then Buck and Mammy, which is uh, where I guess the, she's trying to find out what her grandson wants for Christmas, and then she has like this remote-controlled tree, and there's a lot of gags with that where it's... Flinging over. I don't know. There's, there's just. I, I, I'm not gonna say the show's amazing, but I, I laugh my head off at it, and I have a lot of fun. I just love when they break character. Like they'll make a mistake, and then like they'll keep on like. She just keeps on making fun of them about making the mistake, and then like, should I do this again? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they'll break character and they'll go into the audience. Like it's, it's just weird how it's done, but it all, and like it looks like one of those those shows that they they're having a blast recording this. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's kind of my old woman sitcoms. I have a, some more Christmas episodes, but I'll let you guys jump in. But yeah, uh, both of them I uh, are, are recommends for me. I thought they were both awesome. Some of the funnier shows I probably watched this week. Oh, it's awesome! I watched uh, the Watchmen movie because I picked up the uh, Watchmen uh, limited series on oh, yeah, uh, Blu-ray. Yeah. So I was excited about getting into it. So I'm like, I watched the Watchmen movie. I fucking love this movie. Oh, it's amazing. Like, so which version is, did you watch? Uh, the uh, director's cut. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, the, best it's one. the way to go, like the three hour cut. And it is insane how closely they followed the comic, like almost like shot for shot. Well, the ultimate yeah. version is even closer to the comic, yeah. but I feel that one, I feel the director's cut's the best of the three yeah. cuts. Like it's, it's not too over long, which the ultimate cut feels like in the theatrical, like I feel I the cut, cut out, out scenes lot. that are kind of important. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't believe how well he did. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm curious because I've only ever seen the theatrical, which I've seen twice, I believe. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought about it later. I remember seeing it right when it came out. And I remember thinking that one was long. Yeah, it, it's three hours, right? Like, it's it's pretty intense. But I, I, I've been meaning to rewatch because mm-hmm. out of all of Snyder's movies, it would be my favorite. Yeah, I think you might be right. That or the uh, Dawn of the Dead I really liked. Yeah, I like Dawn of the Dead as mm-hmm. well. I think those are the only two. I did watch Batman and Superman. You didn't like that one? Yeah, I didn't like that nah, one. I really like that one. Yeah, but Watchmen, I can't believe how visually appealing this actually is. And all the characters are so well played. Like, the actors they got are staunch in everything. Yeah, he's definitely one of the best visual yeah. directors out there, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And the way he, he mixes, like, the music and everything, I think yeah. he's always fantastic. He's got great music choices. I'm yeah. a I'm a Snyder apologist. I think everything he's he's yeah. done is a masterpiece. Uh, even the stuff I didn't even Sucker Punch. You're Sucker uh... Punch. I need to revisit. I didn't <laughs> okay. love it when I saw it in theaters, but I heard the director's cut again. It's one of those ones where they made him cut a bunch of oh, stuff. Yeah? So I need to watch the director's cut and I haven't seen the Owl one yet. But yeah, the I, Owl one. Oh, the Guardians. He uh... did like a CGI kid, oh, okay. kids movie. I've heard it's okay, but yeah, but yeah, and 300. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, fucking great and close insane. to the comics too. I mean, so I'm giving it eight out of ten. I've I dug it, man. I, I'm excited about actually watching limited series now. Like I'm like, all right, yeah, it's been let's do it. They've been raving about that one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been. I, it's the same thing. I want to watch that and then get into it. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly. I'm not even going to talk about the episodes. I'm just going to yeah. say that I watched every Goldberg's uh, Christmas e- episode. Oh, awesome! Oh, nice. Are you digging the show or not? I really? Am. Yeah. It's time to uh, find I, it. Yeah, I, 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 I do dig the show. Like occasionally, it gets a little bit melodramatic. Yeah. <laughs> It's that montage at the end. They always have that exact five-minute montage yeah. where it's all sentimental. 
but I, I liked it because it's it's the perspective. It's a Jewish family, so you're looking yeah. at Hanukkah, and, and all the episodes are about oh, Hanukkah. Oh yeah, the Hanukkah Harry. Uh, the, the best yeah. episode. I remember. Yeah, I haven't seen them all, but I remember loving the one where like the neighbor. They're jealous that the neighbor goes all out for Christmas. Yeah, and, and they have super Hanukkah. So then, yeah, they, yeah, they try to do. I, I would say that's the best. Yeah, one this one. But they, they were all very enjoyable. I do find that, and I found the same thing with Halloween. the Halloween episodes. The last season. Not even the, I think the sixth season's pretty good. The seventh season feels like some magic is gone. Or, They're probably getting a little bit long in the tooth. Um, Still. And that's, these days, that's a lot of seasons. Yeah. Um, Especially for like a sitcom, right? Well, it's always a problem too when you're doing a sitcom with kids because they start to yeah. grow older and it's like, it's not, it's the Only same the when the kid's one like kid is was young. The yeah. other ones were old, like, yeah. like adults. adults. They don't look any different basically from yeah. the first episode. Hmm. To the last episode. Barry looks the exact same in every season. That's weird. I got to ask you, do you think there's going to be a breakout star of this show? Out of the, uh, I guess, the uh, four kids or five kids? No. Yeah. I was thinking maybe Barry, but I don't know. He might the be a hard one. The breakout's the mom and the, well, the dad well, was she, already she, popular. She been, yeah, she's been yeah. popular for ages, right? Yeah, she was in Reno. Yeah. Uh, she was a part of that whole crew. And, and, and she, well, she was in uh, Bride. the state? Was she in the state? Yeah. Or no? Uh, yeah. no, not the state. Um, oh, maybe she would. I, she was in like one of like yeah she one was, of those. She was, she was, I know she was like a uh, was a groundling number, but with Tom Lennon. Yeah. Lennon and uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's, it, she's definitely the best, and I love yeah. Jeff Garland. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, the best oh. actors on the show are all the adults. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I might try to get through those. We'll see. I, I watched a bunch of. I was hoping you guys would watch them too. The Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Burgers Christmas. Episodes. I did watch a one. I guess in November about the uh, they keep buying trees and they keep dying. So they have to like yeah. uh, find a tree and that's uh, um I think that's season four. Yeah, that's season four. Yeah, she buys them like right after it, right November first. Yeah, it dies. She buys another one and it dies on Christmas Eve. So they set out <laughs> on Christmas Eve to go get another tree, and they almost get in an accident with uh, someone in this like, candy cane shaped Giant truck. Candy cane truck, and then this truck ends up stalking them. Um, yeah, that, that's that was kind I of a fun one. one, and then they also like they set a trap for Santa, and they end up catching Teddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably give that one seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Season three was Bob Resty Merry Gentle Mannequins. This is a weird one where I guess Bob inherits a storage locker. Oh, I've seen this one. Yeah, and they head there thinking they're gonna get treasures and riches, and it, there's like this squatter living there <laughs> who says that he was a display mannequin and is. The, I guess whoever's is it their grandpa or something that they inherit this their uncle let him stay there and um, yeah he says he was previously a mannequin <laughs> and then awesome. he starts setting up displays like at the front of the restaurant and with him part of the display and it attracts all these people and you know starts it's a great episode get them a bunch of business but then it, he also starts kind of getting weird and he says like you know he wants to find his love the the female mannequin that got taken away when the the store he was in split apart. Was this a movie with Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> Not Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Hanks. Where like uh, there's a girl who's a mannequin that comes to life? There is a Mermaid. movie called Mannequin. Is there a movie called there's Mannequin? There's Mannequin and Mannequin too. It's not Tom Hanks. It's oh. uh, Andrew McCarthy, I think. Oh, okay. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> the it, 80s were fucked up, right? <laughs> so Tom Hanks falls in love with a mermaid. There's a mannequin coming to life that people fuck. Like, this is a weird time, man. You do it. I, I, <laughs> I say, I do it or I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I give this one 7 out of 10 as well. It was, yeah. it was fun, but really strange. It was like one of the strangest episodes I've seen for Christmas. Uh, father of the Bob is um, season five. This is where um, I guess him and his father have become estranged because he was trying to create all these like fancy, cool 
cool burgers and his dad was is more of like a traditional guy. Yeah. So, you know, his father thought he was going to come run the business with him and Bob's like, fuck you, I'm going to go open to my own shop. And they, so they don't really talk that much, but they get together on Christmas and it's always like a countdown. Like we got to, we got 15 minutes, then we're getting out of here. So of course the wife's going to try to do something to uh, get them to mend this relationship. And then the other story is the kids, I guess, forgot to get the dad a gift. So they're all in the basement of the father's restaurant trying to use all the junk there to put uh, contests to so see who can put together the best gift. Six and a half for that one. Uh, season six, Nice Capades. This is the one where the kids uh, are at the mall. There's a, a guy on a ma- the massage chair in the middle of the mall, and uh, they kick him off only to learn that he is the mall Santa. And so they're afraid that he's going to tell the real Santa not to bring them presents because they're they're bad kids. So then Louise decides her and the family are going to put together an ice capades in the middle of the mall to prove that they're good kids. They're good. Six and a half for that one. And then the final one that I watched was season seven, The Last Gingerbread House on the Left. This is another weird one. Yeah, that where sounds I, awesome. <laughs> I guess they're heading out caroling. But uh, Bob receives a, a call from his landlord saying, can you come drop off some food? He's like a rich guy in his mansion. And when he gets there, I guess it turns out they have this hardcore like gingerbread man contest, uh, gingerbread house contest, sorry. And it's a bunch of rich old guys, but it gets like pulling out guns on each other. <laughs> like it's pretty hardcore. But he wants Bob to participate so he can lose because I guess the landlord loses every year and he has to wear like a toilet uh, bedpan on top uh, of yeah. his head. So he doesn't want to be the loser anymore. And... Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, they're all they're all kind of fun. Again, not hitting the the same highs of the Halloween episodes, which is kind of expected. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I still en- fun. I, I enjoyed them. Do you have a favorite character of the show? I love the mom. Yeah, uh, they're all they're all again. It's one of those shows where they all kind of have their moments. I find every time there was an outside character from the family, they're usually like the number one like comedy guy in that show. Like every time Teddy's in Teddy's it or amazing. like yeah Mort from Next Door. Yeah, all the guys eating at the restaurant. It's, yeah. it's uh, I, I love Jimmy Pesto. Yeah, he is amazing. Oh. Or Jimmy Pesto's buddy is amazing. Oh yeah. Um, I'll, I'll quickly race through the, these other yeah. couple episodes really fast. So I've been, I, I have a bunch of compilation discs that have like you know Cheers and Happy Days and all that. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. Like they'll have a Cheers episode, but there's like three Cheers at Christmas episodes, and they have like the worst one on the disc that has like nothing to do with Christmas. Is it the uh, Mel, Mel, the spy Mel who Creek? came in from the cold, where it's like yeah. not Christmas at all. <laughs> or they have like Happy Days. Richie branches out, and it's like. Yeah. There's way better Christmas episodes. So well, the one like where like Fawn's eating like beans. Yeah, out of the that's can a great one. That's not on one. these discs. And uh, then they have like, have you ever guys ever watched a Flying Nun? No, no. I'm not going to talk about it. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that was a real thing. Like they did a lot of fucking drugs back then. Okay, was she an actual Flying Nun? Yes, it's um like a superhero. Sally Field. Sally Field is oh, wow. the Flying Nun, and it was it was tough. Like there's a bunch of really tough episodes to get through. But some of the ones I did enjoy was the Lucy show, season one. So this is like the Lucy spinoff where she's now divorced or something. And then her other friend, her husband died or something. So they're two single moms. And uh, this one, they decide they're going to spend Christmas together. But it's kind of fun because Vivian, who's her friend, is into like all modern. She wants like the pink Christmas tree and all these like, mm-hmm. you know, then the modern take of Halloween and Lucy's in like the classic traditional way. But it's just some like arguing about everything. And it gets to the point where they're like cutting each other's trees down and like <laughs> destroying each other's like, it's just, it's it was kind of fun. Like I'm not, I don't know if I'm the biggest Lucy fan. The other... I love Lucy episode I watched. I did not really enjoy, but this one was kind of fun, so I recommend that one. Uh, Cheers, season six, Christmas Cheers from 87. This is actually the good Cheers episode. If you're going to watch one, watch this one. 
This is uh, the one where Frazier is depressed on Christmas. You got Rebecca, who's Kirstie Alley, I guess, is running the bar now. I don't know because I'm not that far. But she's uh, forcing them all to work on Christmas Eve. And then Sam, they all realize that everyone else got her a Christmas present. He didn't. So he's going to run out. I think that's how she one. comes on the show. Okay. She, she owns the bar? She, she, yeah. Or, or she does she own? Sam loses it in a bet. <laughs> Something happened. Like that. Yeah, I got another spoiler mm. from one of the later Christmas episodes I'm not going to talk about because it was bad. Oh, and Norm is dressed as Santa Claus. Still a fun one, 7 out of 10 mm. again. It's kind of hard to rate Christmas episodes because yeah. they're kind of fun, but they, there's not too many that stand out. Uh, Roseanne, I watched season four, Santa Claus. This My is, favorite. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one where uh, Roseanne, I guess, she, she finds out that... Uh, the Santa Claus job pays more than the Mrs. Claus, so she takes on the Santa Claus job and Jackie's Mrs. Claus, and uh, hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of fun moments with like with her and the kids, but then there's like the side story that is not interesting. Yeah, like her daughter is like uh, going to like an adult bookstore, like not a Darlene's a, an occult bookstore. <laughs> it's more like yeah, Darlene yeah. is hanging out with an older woman. Like yeah. she tells her, oh, she's got a friend, and she's all excited that mm-hmm. Darlene has a friend, but it's like this older woman. Uh, yeah, it, whatever, it sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched uh, Christmas at Pee-wee's Playhouse from 88. I actually really enjoyed this movie. I fucking love this. Yeah. <laughs> so I I, re- I remember watching this eons ago. But yeah. I, like, I have it on yeah. Blu-ray. I bought it, like, Some of the DVD jokes actually, like, still hold up. Like, they are well, A lot funny. of it still works. Like, Pee-wee Herman's a jerk. I didn't mm. realize, like, he's a jerk in the show, and he's... Uh, but the, it's like a huge guest list. Like you have everyone: Whoopi Goldberg, Oprah, Little Richard, Zaza Gabor, uh, Katie Lang, Grace Jones, the, Cher. Uh, musical numbers don't really uh, hold up, though. Joan They're a Rivers. Bit weird. Yeah, well, Grace uh, Jones is always weird. Yeah. There's a great bit with um, uh, Frankie, Frankie Avalon and Annette, <laughs> where yeah, he's got them doing Christmas cards and like, <laughs> but like almost like a slave labor. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, can we get some cookies? Like. Are you done the Christmas cards yet? No. All right. When you're done the 500 Christmas cards, you can come get some cookies, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. There's a fun gag where he keeps on getting fruit cake and he makes a room out of it all. And, and is this in the Playhouse? Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, this is such a cool show that like I, I cannot see a kid not enjoying because mm-hmm. every like minute there's something crazy going on. Whether it's like you know it goes in the fridge and there's claymation food coming and dancing, mm-hmm. and then there's stop motion this and there's in the did cave, you guys watch this claymation. as a kid? Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, watch it. Like, I think it might be the Christmas special might be on Netflix or Amazon. Um, it's totally worth it. Like I, I had a blast. I'm going to give it eight and a half. I, uh, this is, yeah, become, that good, eh? I actually enjoyed it more. Like it seems like every year I enjoy it more and more. Like mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's so fun. And, uh, there's a great gag too, where like, uh, one of the celebs, um, is singing 12 days of Christmas and you know, boring that song goes on and on. So he like comes out and he sticks like a mannequin of himself there and goes <laughs> out. So she thinks, uh, he's, how yeah. long is it? Um, it's about forty minutes. Yeah, so oh, it's, I thought yeah. it was like an hour, but yeah, it's it, yeah, it's, it's totally yeah. worth it. I, I recommend it. Did you guys watch anything else? Uh, I watched two more things. One, I can I'll just go through quickly. Yeah. Have you guys seen the show Euphoria? No. no. So it's a new HBO show. It's kind of like the teens and all the crazy shit they get up to now. Uh, it, it's it's really is it kids for a new generation? It would kind of fit into that line while being a little bit more fun than kids. Okay. <laughs> So no one's getting like uh, raped, and the kid who get, does raping is getting AIDS. <laughs> there, it's like it's not quite that far, but it, yeah. a lot of fucked up shit happens on the mm. show. So it basically takes place after where the season ends, but now it's Christmas, and Rue, who's the main character who has who's had drug issues, is meeting with her sponsor, and it's basically a one act play. It's usually this kind of frantic pacing and crazy mm. editing, and this is very still. 
and they're in a diner, and it's honestly a one-act play. Oh, it's like a bottle episode. And it's fucking so good. Both the actors just destroy her sponsor, who's played by Coleman Domingo. He does like a telephone, like acting, you know, when you're having to act like something's happening on the other end. Mm. It's just amazing. It, it was really, mm. really good. So I, I don't know. It, it's based all at Christmas. So you kind of get the diner is Christmas. Yeah. But, but it, it's pretty stark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm probably going to give it a, an eight. I think it's really good. I, occasionally, the one act play stuff plays against it a, a little bit. A little bit. And then I watched Make Way for Tomorrow. Have you guys heard no. about this? Is it a movie? This is a movie. It's from 1937, directed by uh, Leroy McCary, who is known for doing a bunch of Marx Brothers stuff and a lot of Cary Grant uh, movies. Pretty famous director. And he won the best picture for a Cary Grant movie the same year this came out. And his ex- acceptance speech was, you picked the wrong movie. Oh, that's amazing. That is a ballsy move, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> uh, so I, I read this after I had seen yeah. this. So it's basically like this old couple that on Christmas morning, the family comes to the, the, their house and they're all, you know, they haven't been there in a while. And it's this big family. And the mom and dad have to say, we're going to lose the house. So what can we do? And somebody says, well, we only got one room, so maybe we could do that. And, and But the other person's like, yeah, but eventually they, they're, they're egging the one daughter and saying, you never help. You never help. She's like, yeah. well, I'll have to take them both. We're going to move soon into this nice new place. And so they'll just have to be separated for three months. So the old couple has to go to the one house. Oh, uh, they separate them? They separate uh. them. And it's the 30s, so they like a phone call because there's 300 Cost miles. Cost you like a 300 bucks per minute. Um, and nobody really wants them around. The acting's great. It's the mother from It's a Wonderful Life uh, is okay. is the lead actress. And and actually the, the brother is the one son uh, oh. in, in it. And it's acted really well. And then the last... It's it's really good. The first bit where they're separated, mm-hmm. it's it's a really well done movie. The last third is fucking magical. They finally get to come back, but now the father has to move to California because of his health, and she can't come. Oh no! And she's in New York, so they have a day in New York, the same kind of day they had when they they first got married on their honeymoon fifty years ago. It's a fucking tearjerker. Yeah, uh, it's like. What I think my review was something like, if the first opening montage of Up was just the last section of it, and they had children, but the children turned out to be pieces of garbage. Oh, that's amazing. It was an excellent movie. I'm going to give it, uh, I'm giving it 8.5. Oh, yeah. oh. Do you feel better after watching this, or like worse? I, I think I feel, you do feel better. I think like they, yeah. they did have a great life together, and they yeah. did have, even though it's heartbreaking, uh, hard- and you think... Fuck! What's wrong with these people? Yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that's how it started off at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a couple of movies. I'll, I'll race through some of them are genre relate, related. Yeah. So, uh, so I watched the Christmas Chronicles two from twenty twenty. Right. Sorry, we're just opening some, yeah, some beers, Kyle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we got a uh, white stout. To go Christmas for our beers. White... Christmas beers. Wow. Sure. It's a white stout. It's a white stout, yeah. <laughs> to go with our black Christmas. 
So I watched the Christmas Chronicles two from twenty twenty. We I, the first one I think came out last year with Kurt Russell, Santa Claus, Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm curious how how, how is this one? Eh, it, it's about yeah. the same as the last one. Like the same one. The last last year's mm. they're they're both fine. They're Christmas family movies. You know what you're getting. Kurt Russell's great as as Santa Claus. Goldie Hawn's in there as his wife, which is kind of fun. Yeah, as Mrs. Well, that Claus. was like a nice little like, made a can- yeah, nice cameo. Yeah. Spoiler at the end, right? Darlene Love does is in there. Oh, awesome! And she does a musical number, which is kind of fun. But um, yeah, the rest of it, like, there's a story where there's this evil elf and he's naughty, so he becomes a human and he wants to destroy the Santa's workshop and blah 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 blah. The <laughs> the girl from the last film is now a bit older, and her mother has met a new guy, so she's kind of doesn't like this new mm-hmm. stepfather guy because she feels he's replacing her father who died. And then the the kid from the Did babysitter it take place in Hamilton. No, I don't think did the last Not one. Not interested, yeah, because <laughs> the five star was in the well, background. It's possible. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't ever catch those things. And then, yeah, the kid from the babysitter movies. Um, he's like been moved to a cameo. He's not really a lead in this anymore. I guess he was busy. Shouldn't the babysitter? Anyways, I'm going to give it six out of ten. Not a not a big one. But now the the last couple are worth a watch, and we're talking about. Fat Man from 2020. I'm curious about this, this one. This is yeah. the, um, directed by the Nelms Brothers, who they didn't do too much, but they did a little movie called Small Town Crime from a couple years ago that I have been kind of praising, uh, starring John Hawks. It's like kind of a little neo-noir. Oh, that, I've um, been wanting to see that. I love yeah, John Hawks. No one's really mm. talking about it, and I'm not saying it's like the most amazing movie, but I, I definitely enjoyed it, and this was kind of the same thing. Um, so the spoiled rich kid receives a, a chunk of coal for Christmas, um, so he decides he's going to hire a hitman, played by Walton Goggins, to take oh, him out. Uh, I love Goggins. Yeah, Goggins amazing. Who, you can tell he's having fun with this. He's kind of yeah. like a bit over the top, which is weird, though, because watching the trailer and hearing the press, Mel Gibson Santa and this hitman's going to take him out. Mm-hmm. You're thinking it's going to be this fun, like fun action pack and one liners. Yeah, it's not, man. This is like a completely serious, kind of realistic take. It's it's so it's so not what you would think. There's no one liners. It's almost like an art house kind of take on Christmas and how they like take the mythos and the reindeer and the elves. It's really kind of interesting, and it was not what I thought, but at the same time, it was kind of a nice surprise because I, I still enjoyed what it did. Um, Mel Gibson is fucking fantastic. I think Mel Gibson is one of the best actors of all time. Like, I'm trying to—you watch him in, like, films like this, and it's like he, he's, like, so above—like, he's giving a, a better performance in a movie like this really deserves, but it's like, this is a—it's probably one of the best performances I've seen, like— like, sorry, not of all time, but probably, you know, recently. His wife is played by um, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, who is also fantastic as Mrs. Claus. Right. This is fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> this, this beer is, this is incredible. so good. Wow. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You threw me off, man. Yeah, I, I'm just so impressed with this beer right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just surprised how real and grounded it all is. So if you're expecting this fun kind of like one-liner delivery film, it, it's not that, but... Um, yeah, I I recommend it. I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten. Okay, I'm going to watch that this week. It seems like such a weird premise for a movie, doesn't it? Well, it's just it's so weird how like they take it, like how he makes the toys and the government knows about it, and then the government has him like because he's not getting enough money because the the world's gone to shit and kids are terrible, so they're not making as many toys. So he makes a deal with the government to like build weapons like it's like but it's all it's just so weird like it's taken like it feels like you're watching like an episode of fargo or something like it's not (laughs) i'd be curious what you guys think i think Mm. i just went in expecting something and then what i got was like ah that was kind of interesting i Mm. i enjoyed it it's kind of like a relaxing like mel gibson's uh, Gibson's back 
Well, Mel Gibson's been back for like Probably I thought. About, yeah, five tried years. to cross concrete. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. In I guess like Hacksaw Rage was pretty good too. I don't know. Everything I see him in, I think he's mm. usually better than the film deserves. Mm. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Again, watching stuff like this, Did I think he's one of the best get him actors to the gringo? of all time. I haven't, but I've heard good things. Actually, he was really good in that. I've like, heard Bloodfather is fantastic too that he just did recently. That. See, I haven't seen like I hadn't seen him in a movie in probably over a decade since till, The Beaver. I, I don't know if I ever saw. I think I might have seen the Be- The Beaver was bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. In, until dragged, and he was great in dragged against yeah. concrete. Yeah, like I, I just again, you watch him in this, and you're like, you're expecting kind of like this goofy performance, like mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be here. Martin Riggs, you want Martin Riggs at Santa? Well, right? it's not even that. It's just this is the type of film like this. You know, he's a, should be above this, and he's like been forced because mm. well, not it's by his own. You know, he's a pretty terrible said. person. Yeah, um, but um, you know, he he should be better than this so you would think he's going to be like phone it in and he does not like this is he's delivering a fantastic performance for this type of movie it's just so weird i don't know i think the other thing is for a while even without the other aspect of what happened with him he's a guy that played the same guy right like yeah. he's, he's a movie star oh, he actor. played yeah, mel gibson for a yeah. while right and i don't know though like that usually Braveheart to Lethal he, Weapon or he was pretty much the same he's guy. He's the same guy in those, but both with, those like, movies without an accent. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah. some of that movie, Even he like, doesn't like, have an accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that one? The conspiracy theory. He was pretty much the same guy. Yeah, yeah he's like a payback. He's like uh, like the if the yeah they're all kind of like if you go through mm. he's he, which a lot of great actors. That's yeah, Robert Redford do. is uh, Robert Redford. Jimmy Stewart. It Jimmy Stewart and everything yeah. like that's kind of like an old school th- thing, yeah. but often if doesn't. You can get age famous well. playing yourself. You can get famous playing yourself. Like that's way, what you want, right? Eventually, those guys. Mm-hmm. Rarely does it become like Brad Pitt, where he can still yeah. be the top star of a movie. Usually, it's like Redford, where eventually you just phase yourself out. Yeah. I don't know though. I don't think if he had that trouble, I think Mel Gibson would still be headlining films. I mean, he still has this huge fan base for these little like indie films. Like he might have been in Mad Max if he wasn't in trouble, right? Like maybe that would have been. But yeah. I, I, I still think he starts becoming even before that was happening. He was not acting in as many. Well, he things. was he was directing though, and his directing movies are all fantastic. Yeah, it's true. Apocalypto is amazing, and Passion is not that great. I think it's well, well directed. It made it's a just, ton of money. It made a ton of money. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful looking film. I think it's well made. It's just uh, it's the, all it's harsh and I I don't I disagree with that yeah. one, but hmm. um anyways, uh yeah, I recommend Fat Man. Probably my favorite movie of the year, but I haven't seen anything from this year, so yeah. that's not really saying much. Um I followed it up with uh I I, I want to do the classic like the action Christmas movies, um, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, but I didn't get to them. Instead, I watched one I hadn't seen, Invasion USA from 1985. Chuck Norris? Sorry, Chuck Norris. Have you guys seen this? No. Directed by Joseph Zito, who did Mission in Action, Prowler, Friday the 13th Part 4, Red Scorpion. Is this a canon number? Canon. Yeah. I fucking love this movie, man. I had a smile on my face like throughout. (laughs) This is just such a fun... It's Chuck Norris wearing a Canadian tuxedo the whole movie with like his shirt undone, his hairy chest exposed, doing one-liners, kicking ass. The action scenes are like a lot of fun. The score is great. You got a great evil villain, uh, Richard Lynch, who like apparently did like a hundred plus films, usually as a nemesis, because he had like a scarred face. And this one's got like a bleached blonde hair and he's just a great 
evil villain. Like it opens up with him just like murdering a bunch of, uh, I believe they're Cubans, the whole family, like kids and everything. There's a scene later on there. They go to like suburban because it takes place. It's a Christmas movie uh, in a suburban neighborhood. And everyone's, you know, the kids are in there decorating the Christmas. And he pulls out a rocket launcher and they bl- he blows up all the houses. Like this, <laughs> this guy's a terrible, evil, evil man. He blows off fucking Billy Drago's dick, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's, wait, that's, wait, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's only the first of two dick shootings, okay? There's a great scene where um, there's a prostitute snoring coke and he smashes her face so the, the straw goes through her nose and he grabs her and throws her out the window. Like, this movie is insane. It's awesome. So the whole plot is he's this Russian and they're going to invade America, but they also, what they do is they kind of set up anarchy throughout all of America. They send, like, people to every main city and they have, like, cop they dress up as cops or army guys and they'll go to like a Mexican club and shoot up all the Mexicans so that they're all mad at the cops. And they're creating like, and it ends up like the the city in lockdown and there's tanks going through this, the city. There's like a a guy that's going to set off a bomb in the middle of a mall during Christmas time. And Chuck Norris blazes through in his truck, smashes the window. And there's a great action scene there. There's like a bomb on the school bus and he, he takes it off and there's like, I think this is yours. And attaches it to the car or something like there's cheesy one-liners where he's like, uh, what, "What was it? I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna be begging for a left." <laughs> like this movie, I'm in. I, I had a blast from the beginning. It's a little bit long, but I totally recommend this. So I was I was almost close to doing an eight, but I'm gonna go seven point five. That good, eh? Um, yeah. Like I need to start checking I, out more Chuck Norris. I don't know if he knows it, but he lit up when he started talking about this. Oh like, yeah, this is this <laughs> is. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was so excited because I thought like, you know, I've, I've only seen like one or two other Chuck Norris films and they weren't great, but I haven't seen the ones in his prime. And I guess this was in his prime. And like, mm. he's awesome. This like, he's a badass. This is 90s though, right? No, this is 85. Uh, yeah. Oh, 85. I thought you said 95 no. at first. 85. Yeah, that, that makes 90s, more sense. 90s, he was kind of a... Uh... Yeah, I was like... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> he did this followed up by sidekicks. And, and it's, <laughs> out of the three, like out of the Lethal Weapon Die Hard, this is probably the most Christmassy. Like there's okay. Christmas usually throughout quite a bit. So when people mm. say Die Hard is the best Christmas film, you say bunk. Yeah, Invasion uh, USA. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I might have had more fun. Well, I don't know. It's probably because I've not seen this film. Mm-hmm. I've seen Die Hard a billion times. Anyways, and then I finished the night off with Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Uh, the good thing is Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is it's pretty much the exact of film. The so uh, if you haven't seen these films, what I forgot about Silent Night, Deadly Night is how dark it is. Like, I always think it's like, oh, it's like the fun slasher version. It's really no, not. It is Like, it opens dark. up, you have the, the crazy grandpa who tells the young kid that Santa's going to get him, which I is creepy. I love that grandpa. But then it, it cuts to a killer Santa who murders someone in a... A variety store, and then goes and kills this kid's parents in front of him while the, the, his younger brother is crying in the seat. His baby brother, and then he tries to like starts to rape the mother, but then she fights him off, so he slits her neck. Like this is the opening of the yeah. film. It's like this is fucked up. And then it goes to the kid going to like an orphanage run by a bunch of nuns and this terrible mother superior who mm-hmm. like is terrible to him and, and abuses him pretty much. So like it's a pretty fucking dark movie but yeah. then like the latter half when he snaps because he's like he saw that the image of you know santa killing his parents and now santa makes him go crazy so he goes on a rampage and saying punish and naughty as he's killing people <laughs> and, and then you're getting you know the fun like the beheadings on the sled and you know the uh linea, yeah linea quigley he throws through the uh, antlers so it's this weird mix where it's like fun but it's like kind of very dark and even the ending is kind of pretty dark and serious like the deaf priest gets like accidentally shot and killed. 
because he's in a Santa suit. But yeah, I, I did this movie, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. In, in Part two. And then part two, which the first half of the film, 40 minutes of film is just flashbacks of the first film. <laughs> So apparently, awesome. like I saw the whole, I read the whole thing. I want to watch the documentaries on these. I didn't get a chance, but like I guess they bought the rights to that, but they couldn't re-release it because the first one got banned or something. So they just took all the clips, threw that in, and then added that his younger brother, the baby, is now grown up and he's become a murderer. And it's him telling how he became there. Of course, this is like famous because garbage day. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the best. So bad, it's good movies. The the lead actor is like totally overacting to like 110%. Every time he talks, his eyebrows are raised. Yeah. And yeah, it has the famous garbage day kill. <laughs> it also has where he, um, he kills the guy with the- <laughs> A um, guy named Chip with the uh, car battery. Yeah, the jumper <laughs> cables. And then there's an, even a guy he kills with the- kills with an umbrella and then opens up the umbrella after he shoved it through his chest. So it's it's stupid fun. Uh, I'm going to give that one six out of ten um, yeah, just because it is pretty it's fun. But it, I, 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 I love them both. <laughs> and then you have to kind of skip to part five. That one's also great. The rest of the sequel is not so good. But um, Sorry, what'd you give one again? Uh, seven and a half. 7.5. So we'll see how it compares to Black Christmas. The Ooh, yeah. Arguably, the those are probably the two most famous Christmas movies. Maybe Krampus is getting up there now. Yeah. I, I, uh, um, I got one more. Oh, and Gremlins is another one. But yeah, no, go ahead. This is the last one. Yep. So I watched A Christmas Vacation. Oh, shit. Oh, nice. We were talking about this. Uh, what did you think? Yeah. So you didn't grow up watching. I did grow up oh, okay. watching. Okay. So, but I never watched. It would just be on. It would okay. be on. It, it, it was this main Christmas party that we would mm. we would always go to, and it would be on and be on the back. I just want to say, it. don't break my heart, Adam, because this is almost a perfect film to me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I do not agree with that whatsoever. Are we um, saying garbage day? So what, what do you not like about it? <laughs> I, I wait, 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 wait. <laughs> don't let him defend it. Like go. So I, I, the way I've always seen this is in chunks, and then I remember when we were watching, I was like, oh, I watched this. All the way through about, I don't know, a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And it instantly came to me like, I really love watching this movie when it's on TV and you're seeing scenes. I don't really love sitting down and watching it front to back. It's almost like the American version of Mr. Bean or something. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. <laughs> I can see what you're talking about, actually. It's like, just a bunch of vignettes, right? And yeah. they're all on their own funny, but I eventually become fatigued. And, it, like, I didn't feel... At the beginning, I'm just like, oh, fuck this. Like, the song starts. I'm like, yeah, yeah I fucking love this. The uh, scene with the uh, truck on the road. Great. The tree getting down when he's putting everything in the house, mm. when they lock him. But then eventually it's like... Okay, Randy Quaid's here now. Oh, but he's hilarious. All, all, all the scenes with all the family members are so funny. I found... It's another one of those movies where like everyone has great scenes. I thought... Multiple great scenes. That more, but I, I don't... Randy Quaid, like, there's there's definitely, like, some hilarious mm-hmm. shit. But overall, I thought, Randy Quaid, yeah, he's okay oh. in this. Like, I know he's so beloved, but it's almost like from just him putting everything through the sewer grade. Yeah. Or, like... When he actually like, but there's, just them, there's like, cutaway shots. Each other so there's fun. cutaway shots where they're drinking eggnog together. Where I think Randy Quaid is actively bad in those scenes. Oh, that oh, that is so good. That's like the best scene of the movie where they're talking. Oh, can I get you some more eggnog? Drive you out to leave you for dead. <laughs> Chevy Chase, I think, in that scene is 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 brilliant. Um, mm. And actually, one of those scenes where. 
The sledding scene. So the sledding, yeah. that's where... The shopping scene. So the sledding... shopping scenes. It's the one where he's like doing the panties on his head, like, oh, oh my. But even the one where like oh, they're oh, just oh. in the store and he's like, yeah. load, uh, Randy Quaid's loading up on the food. Like, that's like, every scene in that is like the greatest, funniest scene in so my life. So I like all these. I become fatigued because I don't find the characterization is is actually really ever well drawn they're all stereotypes so that's where the mr bean thing comes in like where there's sketch characters no but there's there's touching moments throughout like you don't get the, you didn't get a touching moment when he's watching all the classic family videos yeah up in the attic like chevy and... chase kind of has like a epiphanies and whatnot oh, that, that me, scene in the like... attic is so fucking good yeah the scene yeah. in the attic but i don't buy yeah. the scene with the kid i i, I like that one and the juxtaposition of just him looking out the window and basically yeah. like jerking off with his mind and then the little kid comes and then you're just having this touching scene like i found yeah. that like like so there's there was just things where i went if i was just to sit down and watch like the sledding scene and yeah honestly at the sledding scene i kind of went oh, okay what oh. <laughs> and, and and then I, there was a thing in my mind where i was like i watched this three years ago just this scene and loved it and loved it it feels like almost like when you watch a best of snl yeah and all of those sketches are great. I can't finish watching that in one, one sitting. And and this is what this movie... I, I think I'm going to... I wish cable TV was more of a thing still <laughs> because this is the perfect like flipping through the channels. Oh, fucking Christmas Vacation's on. I'm going to watch this. It, it feels perfect for me in that regard and not something that... No, no, you, you had it right when you said perfect in <laughs> yeah. this film. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was kind of... Yeah, you're crazy. I... I'm kind of worried about a Christmas story now, to be quite honest, how you're going to feel about that one. Yeah, like it's it's been a while, but I remembered after I watched this, I had the same feelings a decade ago and and just kind of forgot. It was like, oh. I, this and, is the, on Letterboxd, this is the movie I've watched the most, probably the movie that I've watched the most in my life, actually. If oh, I'm out of here, really? Yeah, I've, I watch it every single year. This, mm. this probably, even like Christmas story, I try to watch every year. But in this one actually, this gets is through. actually one. This is the probably movie I've watched the most in my life. And this I, is the movie that I almost want to be like I'm wrapping shit or something in, in Christmas vacations on. That's how I'm going to watch. Oh man, that hurts. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, perfect film. I'm curious. I'm what Seven point five. Okay, so that's still a pretty because okay, yeah. it's still like all the setups yeah. are so great. But I honestly, halfway through, I sighed and yeah. I went, oh, God. I just started getting so annoyed with Chevy Chase um, oh, because I don't actually relate to him in any way. Um, and that was the big thing. It's like, he's hilarious, but he's also a cardboard cutout. Where I think they're, the family isn't as much in, in vacation, the original vacation. And the director isn't good enough to like figure out how to weave all these things together, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um Still hilarious on on its own. So, all right, all right, all right. You're killing Kyle over I here. I know, I, it, but it, like I probably seen this every year from when I was like yeah. five until I was like twenty five. But in that other sort of like, oh, I'm Bang. watching th- three quarters of this, or I'm watching half of this. Or there's a lot of movies like you watch every year and they kind of start to lose something, like Suspiria or something. You're like, I need to take a couple years off. Mm-hmm. 
this movie every year and I'm still laughing my head off <laughs> at it every scene. I, so yeah, if I had to do a close to a perfect film, this this would probably be. I think film. if you like heard, if, if there was like a recorder in the basement of Tammy and I watching this, there would have been like Tammy laughing a little bit at the beginning, me laughing, and then it would have been silence for like But I think you, you guys are too serious. You guys are a serious <laughs> couple. <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we're still, we, we, you know. I, uh, pop star is one of my favorite movies the last <laughs> I, decade. So I really like pop star. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you were like making that. fun of me for that for like yeah, pop, pop star is garbage. But uh, you do different. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't enjoy the that kind of raunchy. Modern, it's not even humor, raunchy. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're just we're talking about Christmas vacation, right? Hmm. Christmas vacation isn't raunchy humor though. I mean, yeah, the shitter is full, but other than that, there's more swearing in that than I, I re- remembered. Hmm. But I think it's a different, like, I think a lot of comedies these days, it's like vulgar swearing. Whereas that when it's like him saying like, uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss his ass. Like it's stuff like that. Or like him having his, uh, rant, rant. The rant was still amazing. One of Chevy's greatest moments. Well, we'll see, uh, if Adam also kills me by hitting Black Christmas. Um, I guess with that. I didn't hate a Christmas story. <laughs> I guess with that. that would, you just <laughs> said your favorite movie of the year is 7.5. I gave the same score. Just yeah. like I, I do have misgivings about that movie. But I, I think, yeah, I think you're, yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> let's, let's move on to the trailer for Black Christmas from 1974. Tap this phone so that when it rings, it'll ring at the station house, too. There was a little girl murdered over in the park tonight. Yes, I heard. Your phone's ringing.
Remember those idyllic scenes out of your childhood? Crisp winter nights, star bright, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs, candlelight glistening off of shimmering Christmas trees, chestnuts roasting over open fires, carolers beneath snow-covered window ledges. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir Dulay, Margot Kidder, and starring John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. During their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. Yes, we're here to talk about Black Christmas from 1974, the Bob Clark Christmas classic. classic. I guess before we even get into Bob Clark, what are you guys' thoughts? He's a Canadian. We kind of talked about it, but so children shouldn't play with dead things. Anyone seen that one? I haven't actually. No. That's one. Death Dream you saw and really enjoyed. I need mm-hmm. to see that one. That was one of my highlights of Shocktober. Yeah, Murdered by by Decree is supposed to be a really good. Jack the Ripper one that I haven't mm-hmm. seen either. Yeah, I haven't. Seen I'm that. a Bob Clark fan. I've only seen Porky's one and two, which <laughs> I love. I've seen this obviously in Christmas Star, which I love. So doesn't I really need to see his other films? There was something else I had seen. Anyways, yeah, like um, I didn't really like Porky's at all, but I, I'll, I'll say right out of the gate that this one goes in the same kind of stratosphere as uh, Death Dream. Oh, nice! I, I want to hear the I want to see the hear the comparisons to Halloween because I think these are kind of the two considered the uh, best slasher films yeah. of all time. Like Friday Thirteenth is up there for popularity, mm-hmm. but I think when you're actually talking about it on a technical level, I think they're very different movies. Halloween's almost like the fun. Isn't it kind of the fun version when you really think about it of this film? I, I found Halloween more tense in a weird way. Like I found oh, this really? one a bit more like atmospheric and this, like Halloween tense. I think this one's disturbing. I think more. this is funnier. Yeah. This yeah. Movie. Well, it has, it has funny moments, but I also think like the, the horror moments are, are kind of more terrifying and, and disturbing and, and dark and... I don't know. This film like feels real to me, whereas Halloween is kind of like a fun slasher. I feel like. I think Halloween. You know, you got Donald Pleasance going yeah. around doing his diatribes, and you have even all the characters. They they don't feel necessarily Margo, like real characters. Yeah. Whereas I mean, this one, I feel. Like should we give a little bit more background on this one? Yeah, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because I, I was just about to deep dive into characterization. Yeah. yeah. I guess we'll talk about like all the uh, characters and uh, what happens in this film. Yeah. So it's a, a group of sorority girls are pretty much the killer. They're getting these weird calls 
Uh, it's some of the great phone calls. In oh, this they're, as well. they're like fucked the, up. Right, I'm a billion. Don't tell. Well, they start out kind of like crude and vulgar. Mm. Hu- like it's almost like a kid kind of like I'm gonna eat your pussy, whatever. Yeah. You could almost follow along the the train of thought, yeah. and then yeah. they become more fragmented. Well, it yeah. starts out like it's Billy calling, and then as the calls come in, you you find out that this person has multiple personalities, and there's a mother in Agnes. there, there's a daughter, Agnes, mm-hmm. there's a father, and he's. That this character is doing all the all, of them. all the impressions of all of them, and it's it's fucked up and disturbing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, pretty early on, someone is killed off by this this killer, and then the the sorority girls are kind of killed off one by mm-hmm. one until it's kind of like your standard slasher until the end. Characters we have Elizabeth Hussey or Husey is the uh, lead. Just um, I gotta ask you guys, what accent is that? Did I think she's br- British. She, she had a weird accent. I just couldn't quite place. Yeah. I, I, she it might, didn't sound British, but it sounded like a muted something. I think she also spent maybe a bunch of time in Italy. I know she was in uh, Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if that maybe like British Italian? Like, it was weird. I, apparently, I she, don't know she, enough. I was yeah, reading she right. took on this role because she was like big into psychics, and her psychic pretty much said like, it's you know, you, you, if you do a Canadian film, you'll get rich or something. Well, it's, yeah. it's funny because she was... By far the biggest star of the movie that's uh, mm-hmm. in the movie at the time, but Mar- Margot Kidder, of course, um, quickly a- after this, uh, yeah, did her. Superman and Amityville Horror and Sisters, but yeah, Elizabeth Hussey is the Jess Olivia is the uh, lead. Yeah. Um, she also has a side story, which again is kind of like ahead of its time, where she's pregnant, uh, found that but- she's pregnant, but she want she's going to abort the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, against her boyfriend's wishes, so that's kind of like adds some extra drama, which I think this film does a good job with. Mm, what? Um, yeah, yeah. Mar- Margot Kidder is one of the other uh, women at the in the sorority. She's kind of like a drunk. She's pretty much drunk the whole yeah. movie. She kind of steals the show. I kind of liked her as a. Drunk. I love where she's talking to her mom, and she, she's finding out that I guess she's supposed to go visit her mom, yeah. and her mom says like she's going to go with her boyfriend or something. Yeah. She can go to their ski resort, and she calls her mom a golden plated whore, <laughs> <laughs> which I loved. She is that. Uh, there's an unhinged quality about Margot uh, yeah. interacting but uh, she, I think she's brilliant in this where she mm-hmm. there's a scene where she kind of goes from playful mm-hmm. and then changes on a dime yeah. just dead serious about what she actually thinks yeah it was so good right uh, one of the standout probably the standard yeah. acting scene in the whole yeah. movie yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she she has a lot of great lines. There's the famous scene with the fellatio where she's given their uh, their phone number. <laughs> Hilarious. And I guess the area back then you would give like the area like Klondike Five or yeah. what have you. Or and I love the the line too, darling. You can't rape a townie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think she's uh, great in this. I um, you have Andrea Martin. Andrea, Andrea Martin. Martin from uh, SCTV. SCTV. I gotta say she's. Kind of young and cute in this. I was, I, I saw her like, oh wow. She yeah, I'm used to seeing her as like quirky character. Yeah, I watched her in Cannibal Girls last yeah. October with Eugene Levy, which is Ivan Reitman's first film, and yeah. uh, this is the same type of period. Yeah, but she's she's quite good in this yeah. as well. Like, mm. uh, I liked her being like kind of like the nerdy one who's kind of like a not so uh, prudish like the uh, first girl, but like. She's kind of like uh, the voice of reason in that sorority. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, like more grown up. She's yeah. she still knows the world, even though she's not like mm-hmm. a fucking dick about it. Yeah, I love I love her boyfriend too. I don't know who her boyfriend was, but yeah. he's like the kind <laughs> well, of the, what, what time is the bastard showing up? Yeah, <laughs> but he he's dressed as Santa and he's yeah. pissed off that, that now his yeah. party his, is fucking wild. <laughs> his girl <laughs> his girlfriend is now going is going to ditch him and go with Margot Kidder and yeah. and uh, Jess to the uh, the ski resort mm-hmm. and he's pissed and he's dressed. As 
understand. He's literally got the kids like on his lap as he's like squaring <laughs> at her how angry he is about it. And it's just this great, oh, that's uh, awesome. great. And even Margot Kidder is kind of like giving the kid like hooch. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like that, don't you? Are you, are you sauced? This kid is sauced. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, apparently Gilda Radner was actually cast for that part, but she had to drop out because she was busy. She had uh, obligations with um, Saturday Night Live. Live. Yeah. Because this would have been, been interesting. I think Andrea Martin, this she probably does this movie and SCTV starts oh, that's at CBC crazy. in the fall. Uh, and then we have, uh, there's some other uh, girls in the story at the beginning, mm. but they all kind of disappear. And then, then you have Claire, who is the one that I don't think I'm spoiling. She's the one that the gets prude. murdered at the opening of the film. I got to say, you feel so bad for this girl. She's kind of like an innocent, like a it's the country op- girl. It's the opposite yeah. kind of uh, yeah. normal slasher, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. usually she's the innocent. She's the virginal one. She's supposed to survive and she's knocked off right away. Yeah. I don't even know if I feel bad for her because you barely get to know her. I think like what's so disturbing about this whole it's film the dad. is yeah, like her dad, she's supposed to meet her dad. He comes, so he's looking for his word. Her friends are worried for her, her boyfriend. Yeah. And the whole time she's up in the attic with this bag over her face yeah. and they always cut to that body back and forth. There's even Go- a scene where like the cat is coming Rocking. up and, and licking yeah. it and it's like, it's fucking disturbing. There's something about knowing yeah. that this guy's looking for his daughter and she's right, right above there. him yeah. dead, which which well, I thought had so much creepiness. Is, uh, uh, the same plot as a rope in a weird way right yeah think about it. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah there's definitely angles of that yeah um and then we have mrs Ma- uh marion waldman plays mrs mac she's okay. the uh she steals the show of this right <laughs> she's the... she doesn't drink as much as kyle does yeah right <laughs> she's not, not quite on my level but uh yeah she's got booze hidden throughout the house i love i love the toilet booze oh that's yeah. amazing i actually thought uh i'm making a bunch of book safes for people to put like uh bottles in for Christmas, oh, like nice. I'm doing like an arts and crafts. It kind of gave me the inspired me to do this. Like, oh yeah, I made one for Jess years ago, so I'm going to do it again. But I was thinking about like cutting out in the shape of like vibrators and putting vibrators. <laughs> in. <laughs> uh, I love too where she gets like the gift from the. Uh... Yeah, she's like, oh, I love it. This is so fucking ugly. I can't stand this. <laughs> yeah, she says like I could use as much as I could use um, uh, a chastity, chastity belt. Chastity belt. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I thought was a great line. Mm. Um, so those are kind of the main characters. And then you have, like we mentioned, the father of the girl is, is mm-hmm. there and he's there with them looking. Uh, you have their boyfriend who's uh, there looking with them. And then you have Peter, who's the boyfriend of Jess's character. Yeah. Um, played by Cure. Sh- struggling artist, De- I Delay. guess you would say. How do you pronounce mm-hmm. it? Delay? Delay? Dilly? Uh, Dilly? He's from like 2001 Space Odyssey and actually a movie you enjoy, Bunny, Bunny Lake, Lake is, is Missing. So he's great in Bunny Lake is Missing as well. I think he's the maybe one of the weak points in this for me, which it kills me because he's playing a similar sort of character uh, as in Bunny Lake, but not. it's different. And he's really good in Bunny Lake is Missing. Hmm. And he kind of overplays his hand, I feel like, in this compared to everybody else. Like, he almost feels like he's acting in a different movie. Margot Kidder's unhinged stuff seems so grounded in reality, where mm-hmm. he seems like he's acting. Yeah. Okay. Especially when he, like, smashes the piano and all that stuff. Like, there's nothing gets, that... It, it yeah. seems so theatrical. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he's fine. And I, the red herring is great. Yeah. That he represents. Mm-hmm. So his character, I think, is great. I think he overplays that where, for me, and maybe I'll feel different. This is my first watch. You guys have seen this, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, a bunch of times. Yeah. Maybe that won't be as much of a factor next time when I know kind of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of skipped past him, but actually Claire's boyfriend, who's 
looking for them is actually Art Hindle, the actor who's done Porky's, right? Porky's one and two. He's in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Brood, The Octagon. So he's he's done done a bunch of kind of genre work. And then, of course, we have the police. John Saxon. Led by John Saxon, who I think, um, I guess Edmund O'Brien, who's this famous kind of uh, classic actor who did a bunch of noirs and stuff. He was supposed to be cast in this, but I guess when they they hired him, it turned out he had... Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's? Alzheimer's. Sounds like you're playing that like a New Year's Eve song. Odd Lang Alzheimer's. Who has, uh, he had uh, Alzheimer's. So I guess like they hired him and then when they got it, he showed up on like in a wheelchair and then they were like talking in a restaurant. He thought he was in the hotel and they're like, he can't. They felt terrible, but they're like, we would have cast him, but we don't think it would work with a lot of the Mm -hmm. winter outside shooting. Um, And I guess like apparently like he cried when the guy let him know that he had it it was like this uh, terrible well probably that's the moment yeah. you know that it's yeah. over but thankfully john saxon is fantastic in this he does like great as a cop but also mm. handles some of the comedy moments i thought pretty well um and john saxon again if you're a genre fan like nightmare on elm street yeah. enter the dragon he did tons of italian like giallos like girl who knew too much cannibal uh, he's in tenebra or gentle's mm. tenebra mm. blood beach like his genre credits are pretty wide i thought but it was beach blood Blood Beach. Blood Beach, yeah. Beach Blood? Blood Beach. <laughs> beach Blood. Blood Beach. Um, but yeah, and I, I kind of like all the other cops who aren't really like big parts, but you have like, you have the one detective who's just there always laughing and they kind of, they, there's a scene where the, with the fellatio, yeah. which that scene is like taken and reused in Porky's, like the famous yeah, scene. I was thinking that. And like, it's actually it, the same yeah, guy. The gym teacher is actually the one cop in this, the, yeah. who's kind of like the, almost the um, the bumbling kind of. Um, Dope. What's the Andy Griffith character? Um, Talking Don Knotts? Yeah. Who, yeah. Who's Don Knotts' character's name in Andy Griffith? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Oh, fuck. I usually know this. <laughs> Gomer Pyle? Oh, no. Gomer's the... the, the yeah. yeah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, he's kind of like the bumbling cop, and uh, th- there's a lot of great moments where everyone kind of fucks with him. and. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the gym teacher from Porky's. He 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 must have been friends with Clint Eastwood because I was looking at his credits too, and he did like five Clint Eastwood movies uh, as well. Yeah, I was actually I, I saw him like, who is this guy? It kind of like bothered me because I just watched Porky's and then oh yeah, it's him. I will then, say yeah. that I found this movie yeah. funnier than Porky's too. You might be right. It's it's good, right? Yeah, like the, all the characters have all these quirks and but they're they're interwoven into the story. So well. So well, yeah. And even when they're in the uh, police station and they're like, starts giggling, something like terrible happens. Like, we found the 13 year old girl's body. And then they leave. And then one guy starts just like laughing. And you're like, what is going on here? And he sees giggling. And then John Saxon's character starts giggling too. Mm-hmm. And then like, fellatio, like, oh, that's right. Like, two minutes ago, they got that they, they gone with fellatio. It's and great like, how they all play off yeah. each other. Like, it seems like that where you, sometimes you're trying to interject mm-hmm. humor into like these really serious horror films. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can like stand out and not work. But I think for the most part in this film, it all blends. It's, it, well. it's natural because it's character based, right? You got it. Especially with the cops, like they're having a rough day. Like I assume this is just like a regular day in like the office, but it's rough, so you have to laugh somehow, or else you're going to lose your mind. But yeah, th- that's pretty much the film. I mean, this this stalker is in the house the whole time. It's kind of the it's based on, I guess, the classic. Um, the calls are coming from inside the house. Yeah, the classic babysitter and the man upstairs mm-hmm. story. I guess it was based on a real some murderer in Montreal as well. I think in the forties yeah. or something. Mm. Um, and I love like the calls are coming in once they try to trace them and you see how they yeah. had to trace calls. I, yeah, I love that's that. How awesome. it's, it's so much more interesting. Watch the, the guy manually go through the rooms trying to trace the call as opposed to these days where it'd be on a computer yeah. and 
but yeah, I, I just think I think this film works. Yeah, I just love how like real the characters feel and the dialogue feels real mm-hmm. and they're tackling issues like abortion and then like you mentioned there's like the side story where there's like this 13 year old girl that went missing and they're trying to search for her body too and like I don't know I love this this is came out and it's not the first movie I think Peeping Tom might have been mm-hmm. but this is this was again before Halloween to do the first person view uh, mm-hmm. stalker scenes and this even does stuff where like they're climbing up the side of the building and they had to like strap on like this camera on his yeah, back. Yeah, because the technology to actually do yeah. that shot the way you would do it now, the steady cam, yeah, it wasn't doesn't exist at this point. So the, that shot is like, and it's also it's it's a great shot. It's not just like oh wow they did this when they didn't have the technology. Mm-hmm. It's it's an awesome first person. Yeah. Maybe because of the technology, maybe because you have to think about every movement a little bit more. I gotta say. Based on this, the uh, another character in this movie is the actual house itself. Yeah, yeah. Like, a great location. They kill like that house itself is so good. Every corner of that house you get to know, and 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 at first it's 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 almost overbearing in the size, right? So you can't. Mm. And this is me seeing it for the first time. You yeah. don't actually get how everything's set up. Like there's a railing shot that goes down over the fireplace mm-hmm. where that is. And I'm going, where the fuck am I now? Like, yeah. how does this work? Oh, the stairs is in the middle. Go, go over, over there and you can see over there. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's open, but you don't ever see that. You never see a, the ceiling before that in that location. You it's got really, it. Really interesting. And again, even where I was saying like, kind of like, again, I love Halloween. Don't yeah. take this. I just feel like Halloween, it's kind of like the score is like this such fun iconic where the score in this one is more subtle and like eerie and like the killer in this one feels like a real killer where I'm not going to yeah. really be afraid of someone wearing a, a mask. I mean, I guess that could happen, but it just yeah. seems more fun and kind of like, I guess when I'm next week, I'm just going to have a guy coming with a, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a mask. With a I knife. mean, maybe Halloween's been kind of filtered a bit yes. due to all the, the sequels. But you could say the same with this, like, this is the same as, like, When a Stranger Calls or... Yeah. 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 I, I still think, again, just because we never actually got the real official sequel, like, the way it ends, it just feels... Like, it's so... The yeah. ending yeah. is fucking amazing. The ending... Are we getting into, like, the spoilers or not really? Like... We can talk a bit. Let's do spoilers at the end. But okay. Unless if you guys want to. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of there. Yeah. I, what else do you have? Do you have more on this? Or? Yeah. I, well, I want to talk about, too, like, I think it does a great job, the juxtaposition just, just of... The Christmas mixed with the horror. I mean, yeah. you have the Carol scene. Is the Carol? Yeah, the Carolers oh, yeah, out so front as good. the girl gets murdered with like the unicorn, and it's fucking yeah. brutal and scary. I think like even like the the bright Christmas lights, but everything's kind of dark the and in shadows. Actual and, like a uh, uh, lighting of this movie actually feels like you're in someone's house watching this ha- actually happen. There's a weird coziness that comes with mm-hmm. like, the uh, Christmas lights. It feels like you're in a house with Christmas it's lights. It's like a, a, a yellow warmth of that light. Yeah, like it's it's lighting that actually we don't necessarily have in our homes. We don't anymore. get it anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the old Christmas lights, they were actually like bulbs yeah. as opposed to the LED numbers. Did you guys notice how like Billy is or not Billy the the killer is almost Billy I think possibly he, yeah. is like always in the background in a lot of scenes like mm. in shadows and stuff Did you guys yeah. catch it? Sometimes like it's subtle stuff you see like things. the shadow in the background. Mm. So like a lot of time he's watching them from. I never. I didn't notice that a stuff. lot. I I, th- I think there's two instances that I was like, oh, this person, but yeah. not in a. Yeah, like I definitely caught a couple. Um, and then and then of course the most one of the most iconic. Famous horror scenes, the scene with the eye looking yeah. through the crack of the door oh, is yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. And yeah, I love how they, they play with who the killer is. They definitely set up that it could be someone, and it almost ends with you thinking that, but then it's like, wait a second. 
mm-hmm. which yeah, we, we can talk about in a second. Um, yeah, I just I, I think this is a film where like I. I go back and forth what I love more, this or Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this, I might be, this might have passed Halloween this year for me. I don't know. Halloween's still so fucking great, though. I just think, I think. I feel like Halloween is like a, like a road trip movie where this is almost like a takes place. But that's why I, that I think house. I think it's more, this film just feels like, this film is more scary to me. I, I think yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit just, more real. And especially when you start thinking film. about it. Yeah. yeah. Like if you if someone calls you and and you got we're getting yeah. those calls with all these personalities in the middle of the night by yourself you'd be fucking scared shitless. And, and we also have to talk about those calls and how masterful that yeah. the, those personalities are coming I got to say like when he's like chatting on the phone it is like the, one of the creepiest voices that's been you, done. Cuz at first it's it's almost like oh this maybe this humorous it and then it's be. so unhinged. Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't spoon feed you what the fuck this guy yeah. is saying. Like you it takes a while for you to go Oh, oh, he's well, talking to happening? that the, a girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I was trying to think. I mean, we, I guess we could talk about it. I don't know if we need to have a spoiler, but what do you think that story between those people are? What do you think this I assume killer's was, origin story he is? He raped his sister is what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's... You got rape out of that? I, I definitely feel like well, he... Well, he's like, don't tell anybody what we're doing, Agnes. Don't tell dad what we're doing. Oh, okay, interesting. I, I definitely, You definitely hear like they're saying, where is Agnes? And he's yeah. pretty much saying like... Like, I, he definitely hit her or something. Like, I get the impression Agnes is almost like a baby or something. I yeah, that's why. Because he also does, like, the, the baby crying. Oh, maybe. Apparently, I don't know how true this is, but I, I read, again, this from the internet, So, who, but Bob Clark said that the idea he had was that Billy was abused as a child, locked in the attic, and eventually killed his parents. And then Agnes was his little sister whom he tried to kill, but she escaped, and that's why he hates women so much. Mm. But again, I, I don't yeah, know it how. Seems kinda... There's a lot of sketchy stuff you find yeah. on the internet. You know? Yeah, it's a little straightforward. I, I think it's it's there's definitely open to interpretation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there's a lot of they they give a lot of clues, but they don't really. You got to kind yeah. of put that story together yourself, which I again I love about that. Love about it. Should it we talk about the end? Yeah, let's let's talk. Yeah, about we're kind of there. So spoilers. Sorry, I, actually, one 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 thing I did uh, want to okay. add. Um, I forgot to mention for Mrs. Mac, Betty Davis was offered the part, which oh, would have been wow. interesting, oh, yeah. but she turned it down. And then the rumor again, I don't know how true this is, but Malcolm McDowell, McDowell was offered the part for Peter, like the dad, but um, no, no, Peter, the boyfriend, but he turned uh, that, it down. That's yeah. that, that's how we think of Malcolm McDowell yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, and he regretted it afterwards because when he saw the movie, he's like, "Fuck, I should have did that." He saw how big of a hit it was, I guess. Um, but yeah, we, we can talk. Spoilers? Guys, yeah, let's do spoilers. Spoilers? If yeah, you don't want to hear how this movie ends, fast forward till uh, we'll drop it in in the uh, chat. Yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it in the uh, synopsis down below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk spoilers. So we get to the point, we think Peter is the killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they set it up pretty well because like he mentions like the line about the wart. Re- you know, yeah. ki- killing a kid is like removing a wart, and then the the killer says that on the phone, so you kind of put that together. And there's little clues. And throughout. I honestly was like, if he's the fucking killer, I'm gonna be so disappointed yeah, in this right? movie because, and that's where Kier's portrayal bugs me a little bit because he he leans a little too hard, like the, he's a little too more fucked up. Yeah. 
But I don't know. You can kind of understand. He, he finds out that he's going to have a kid, and then the, he finds out that, no, she's going to murder. He has no say. He seems crazy before any of that shit yeah. goes down. Like, I, I think he just plays a little a little too on. You don't trust him as, like, the uh, suffering artist or what have you. No, no. no. He, he seems like he's a he's, he's He seems like he's a red herring. Yeah. And then when it was like. But you, you only ever hear him on the phone until she tells him that she's pregnant and going to take kill the kid. Yeah, but I, I, they're talking at one point, and, and he, you see him in the parking lot or whatever, and, and he seems a little off the mm-hmm. whole time when he meets the father. It's it's the performance, not the yeah. not the the characterization. I think it's just his performance plays. He's it, not the guy that met the father. Are you talking about the long haired guy? That's, yeah, he, with a different guy. Oh, no, he's he's only in the scene. Like he talks around the phone, and then when you next time you meet he him, smashes is when the she piano. Tells him, yeah. I feel like you see him before that scene. Uh, he was sleeping upstairs. No, that's a, that's after two. That's where she's. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna have their second talk. Talk about it more. Uh, and he comes down. She gets a call, and then he comes down. And says, "I came in because uh, I was waiting for you. It was too cold outside. You took so long." Uh, so yeah, I don't know. For me, like you only hear him on the phone. He seems fine, and then you know she tells him that, and then from that point on is when like he fucks up the music, and then so from that point on he's found out he's. She, he, pretty much his his girlfriend is gonna leave him. She's gonna abort his baby, and he just th- he had all that in his head, so he fucked up his audition to get into his school or whatever. I think the, the whole time I see him on on screen, well, it I was think, just like uh, oh, yeah. this guy is like he clearly shouldn't be the fucking killer of this movie, but yeah. like he, he might he, be, he might be. So you're you're gonna have to lean yeah. into it. Where I think the movie succeeds really well is by the end, you go well. Maybe he just fucking is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's 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 to Bob Clark's credit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they. It seems like he's a killer because he's always just wearing a sweater, and everyone else it's like negative twenty out there. They're yeah. all freezing, and this guy's just sitting outside wearing just a sweater. What's that about? Uh, crazy, crazy guy. <laughs> but what I love about this is the actual killer. You have no idea, like whatsoever. Well, it's like, so well directed and framed yeah. too that during the final final chase scene you never get a good glimpse at him mm-hmm. but yeah. at the same time it doesn't feel like the chase scene is affected or che- you're cheated in any way you're yeah. getting like a half it doesn't chase scene. doesn't feel like it's it's like when you have a car chase or something yeah. they, they cut away because they're they don't have the budget yeah you never feel like no. you're being misled yeah and the end after you she kills peter and because he thinks yeah. it's him out, out of self-defense and then you r- realize when she's sitting in that room and the phone rings. And then I started thinking, when does the phone ring? The phone rings when somebody dies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, plus you hear you hear him talking in the attic a bit. But she, she's dead because he's yeah. calling again. Oh, you think she's already dead? Mm-hmm. When the phone rings, she's dead. Okay, interesting. Because yeah, every time. Every time the phone rings... Somebody just got Somebody murdered. Somebody got oh, murdered. I didn't clock that, but yeah, yeah you're, I didn't, you're I didn't right. Catch that either. Uh, it, it, it was, and I'm I'm sitting there just I mean, I in the you, basement yeah. going, because at first I I was thinking like, is, she, is, she, is it who is you this definitely person? get the impression yeah. she's gonna be dead soon, but yeah, that you're right, then she probably already yeah, is. Yeah, because it does take a beat, and then it kind of like as it starts rolling, and as the credits start rolling, then the phone rings. Yep. like it does take a quick beat to start ringing which is fucking awesome what one thing i did notice that you can't hear in most of the audio um tracks unless you listen to the original mono track 
Um, Because I guess they added like new effects in a lot of the releases. I don't know if Scream Factory is the first one to include the original track, but I I never caught this before. But the cops do mention when they're leaving that like, ah, we should we search the attic or the uh, the basement as well or something? Because I never caught that. So they do mention. Well, if they I should search the, the house. Track, that they're going to probably come back and, and search it eventually. So yeah, I, I kind of wonder where I, it's all going to go. Catch that but yeah. that's that's the heart. Like you have that shot, mm-hmm. and oh, she's that still shot is in the so window. Good, yeah. and even like the uh, the mother is up there with her, yeah. kind of. Yeah, we did. That's a that's pretty my, fucked up yeah. kill too. <laughs> and and really like, like incompetence again. Yeah. Like just to yeah. not be. Let's just check the attic and uh, the basement. And see, what's we should happening. be checking the whole house. Where are these fucking people? Yeah. But, I mean, again, they thought they've caught the killer, right? So but why, still, like... You're probably going to do that, but at the, I think it's, like, more... I, again, maybe it's if it's time, like, you would think these days you would probably bring her to a hospital. I, yeah. I think um, th- that's probably the most you have to suspend disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. No one's leaving her in a fucking room yeah. by herself. But, in that house. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, I guess to them, they've caught the killer. There's nothing to worry about. Even yeah, in 1974, yeah, know, yeah. it's not happening. But, yeah. like, it's a movie. I don't know, man. It's that was only, before seatbelts. It's only a movie... <laughs> Uh, that's, when, that's when you'd have your kids in the uh, the back of the station wagon playing yeah. on the in the highway. So who knows? Strange times back then. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I I love the ending. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. the perfect way. Apparently, they had they were gonna have um, the studio wanted to force him that the boyfriend Claire's boyfriend is sitting with her and she wakes up and he says like some he mentions like Agnes or something. He turns out that the boyfriend has been ah. I'm that, glad that they that wouldn't no, work. It would ruin it. That would suck. And yeah. the, the other thing I'm so happy about is that they never did do sequels. I think if we had a bunch of sequels I, and you learned more about this character, I, I think it would ruin sequel. the mythology. I oh, kind of really? want to see a sequel. Like I'm uh, curious I think, I think about it would ruin this it. I think it's perfect the way it yeah. ends. Like I don't want to know. Have you guys yeah. seen the the remakes? I've seen one of the remakes. It's terrible, well, we and were, it does dive into the origin yeah, story. Yeah, I think we saw it in theaters ages ago. I think but, you uh, and Jimmy did. I didn't see. I saw it after. Like they made him. He's like got yellow skin, and that's why he's. The way he is, because he was treated terribly, and it's yeah. it's it's terrible. <laughs> I don't remember it at all. It's pretty much so. a yellow skin killer going around who looks like the dude from Sin City. Yeah, um, the yellow, the yellow bastard, the yellow bastard going around killing people in the house. It's it's missing like all the the real horror and subtle. It's just like your standard gory slasher. It's not, and the the newest one I haven't seen. I, I tried. I was gonna try to. Pick it up and find it, but I, I couldn't. But I, I've heard Did that come out this year. I've heard it's year. even worse. I guess last the, uh, year, right? Than the other remake, it's it's got pretty terrible reviews. I don't think I've seen any. Even people that like that director haven't said positive things about yeah. the film. So I don't know. But um, yeah, I guess what what are your guys' overall thoughts on the film? What are you going to give it out of ten? I really liked it a lot, yeah. uh, and I've liked it more the more I've thought about it. It gets, sticks in your brain, eh? It honestly was one of those movies. It ends, and I'm. I'm, I'm I'm wrapped up in it, and I'm not thinking about what I think or anything. Mm. And then I just sat there and thought about the fucking movie. And then the phone rang. <laughs> yeah. No. If only we had the old school <laughs> yeah. lines, man. That would be fucking creepy. Um, I'm going to give it 8.5. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And where where do you think, are you still putting Halloween above this? or? Mm. I think I, I go every year I go back and forth, but this year I'm, I'm going to... I I think both of them are, are just below like... Perfection? Yeah, like ultimate level for me. Yeah. There's just a few things that I kind of mm. feel off about, but they're also fucking amazing. So I might mm. I might go with this one, yeah. but I just watched this one. Yeah, I feel like this one has more layers than, than Halloween, but Halloween has the setting that's just so fucking iconic and the score and... Mm. Yeah. Like, it's definitely the more 
influential movie Halloween is than this. Yeah. This feels like it's still based a little bit in thriller. Yeah. You can see why Halloween is the birth of the slasher in reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maddie? I'm just eight. I love this. Yeah. I'm going to go nine. Oh, shit. This is, uh, again, uh, another Christmas. This is in your top 10 horror? I think it's top 10 horror. And yeah, I think, again, I have few faults within. And I think it's one of the few horror films that, like, disturbs me. Actually, I, I get find you, it eh? kind of scary. I find the the calls kind of scary. The deaths are kind of just, they don't feel like staged. They feel kind of real and, and fucked up and chilling. And yeah, I don't know. There, there's just something about the way it's done. And even like the young girl killed in the park and mm-hmm. the, them finding them. And I, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I think it works for me on different levels than most slasher films, which I, I'm a huge slasher fan. I love them. They're fun. A lot of them are goofy fun, but I think this is like a totally, like you said, it, it's kind of a different thing almost in, in, in its tone and, and vibe to it. Um, yeah. Um, I don't have much for trivia. I just wanted to add though that... Um, I do have a question for you guys. It was definitely filmed in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They even referenced Scarborough, but the police car said Bedford. No, that's. Uh, Do you think that's it's a Wonderful Life it reference? Is, yeah, it's a reference. Yeah, to Wonderful Life. So the, yeah, I only have a couple little bits here. Uh, I guess the the studio. I think it was Warner that actually released, it, even though they don't own it now. I think they put it out, but they were afraid that by calling it Black Christmas, people would think it was a black exploitation flick. Oh, yeah. So for the original theatrical release, they actually made them uh, change it to Silent Night, Evil Night, at least in the U.S. <laughs> so Silent Night, um, Deadly thank Night. Thank God that yeah. didn't stick. Well, that that yeah, it, Silent Night, Deadly Night was probably inspired by that yeah. name, and then there's Silent Night, Bloody Night as well. But it ended up being. Uh, a huge hit even though the reviews were kind of mixed it ended up being the third highest grossing Canadian film of all time behind the apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz and the French huh. language <laughs> Do Femme what or? are these movies I, I have no idea uh, Duddy Kravitz yeah. I kind of remember I remember about. making jokes about that yeah, I don't know how they like, made more than this because yeah. this film had a $620,000 budget and made $4.1 million, so that's well in Canada yeah. it was $20,000 you used to get $20,000 yeah. you had to make a whole movie you got yeah. one thing of film and you had to do it develop it tape over it again i well, got they, a question they for you probably guys. had like a big tax break this is a over. budget uh when he smashes a piano do you think it was an actual piano or do you think they just kind of had the movie magic so it just looked like a piano that he smashed i bet it was a shitty piano yeah because it didn't look like he hit a piano it looked like he hit like some cardboard you can always find pianos looked, that yeah. the piano smash sucked yeah i was thinking that worst too. scene in the movie that's what i was thinking i don't think it was an actual piano i think it was kind of like a prop piano that he kind of Got into it. Anyways, uh, it made uh, <laughs> it made about six. That's six times its budget, so pretty huge yeah. success. And then the only other thing I had, I guess, when it was going to premiere on TV under "Stranger in the House," I don't know why oh. they had to retitle it. I guess it was going to air January twentieth, nineteen seventy eight. That was two weeks prior to the Chi Omega sorority house murders, where that the Montreal guy. No, they drank too much omega-3, oh, and it okay. just fucking blew up their brains. That makes sense. I remember that, actually. Well, this was a double murder of sorority sisters, and then two other ones. The, two of them were bludgeoned to death, and then two of them were attacked but ended up surviving. Uh, of course, this was the Ted Bundy murders. Oh, shit. So I guess they thought this was not a good time to air this movie yeah. two weeks after this. So it was... Uh, Delayed. I don't know. If I always thought it was it. Lundy, like the guy from Office Space. <laughs> I thought you were making like a married with children joke right there. <laughs> Al Bundy, very. 
I need to watch the Bunny Christmas special. Oh, God <laughs> fucking damn it, man. Um, and uh, this is apparently uh, Steve Martin, one of his favorite films. Oh. And uh, I don't know how true this one is, but um, it's rumored that it was one of Elvis Presley's favorite horror films as oh, well. Oh, crazy. Even though he died you know, on the toilet came out. watching this. it was He was waiting for it to go on, and then they were like, no, we can't show this on yeah. TV. And he freaked out. I was like, oh, I've been waiting all week. And that's why he died on the toilet. Yeah, that was a hell of a death. Hell of a death. I was watching a bunch of this is like going way off topic, but uh, Jailhouse Rock is that homoerotic? Yeah, it definitely is, right? Like, I was watching the video and they're all like playing like slap ass with each other, and he's like <laughs> talking about like the cutest jailbird I've ever seen. Like, there was no way it was a mixed party, it was all like dudes, right? Huh. So, it seems like weird that this came out in like the 1960s and it was talking about like Elvis could do whatever he wanted at that hey, point. Fair enough, yeah. man. All right. <laughs> That's just something I caught. He already stole so many songs from black people. He was like, now I'm going after the gays. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Keep them down. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah, that's You don't I'm have saying. anything to add to that? <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> we'll have a black Christmas. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, I think that's uh, it for me, unless you guys have anything else. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, so this has been our episode of uh, Black Christmas, part one of our Bob Clark Christmas, Christmas uh, extravaganza. If you want to send us some uh, Christmas cards or just uh, jolly well wishes, I can find us at a moviecitymaniacs at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, we have a group page, like page. Find us on there. And on Instagram at moviecitymaniacs. Yeah. Cool. And we have a Twitter. We're still trying to figure out that one. Um, what's that one? At? Movie City Maniac. I was going to say at Horror and More. At Movie City Maniac. There's only one person that runs that, and his name is Danny Bazanko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out so to Danny. There's no new, no new, uh, <laughs> no tweets. Dan's not wrong. <laughs> blame, uh, blame Dan. <laughs> it's clearly not, if there's no nudes, Danny is not running Twitter. <laughs> He's not having it. <laughs> Anyways, guys, this has been our Black Christmas. Hopefully you oh. enjoyed it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, we'll be back one more, hopefully, before yeah, Christmas. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be back next week. Yeah, we will. For our second partner in this, that's kind of our annual uh, I guess, um, Merry gift Ukrainian exchange Christmas? and all that No, Hungarian. Yeah. Is Non-Orthodox that... Christmas is like December 6th. Okay. I thought it was Atlantean. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Anyways. I know, but Merry, I'm tired, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We'll see you in the week. Bye. guy man i feel like every episode is going to be him taking one of my favorite films and <laughs> shitting on it, shitting on it. so adam what do you think of uh, black christmas <laughs> <laughs> more like brown christmas yeah, right? right brown right? town christmas racist <laughs> <laughs> racist <laughs>